for me, the biggest thing is that don't forego like real connections for the connections you see on social media. Not that social media is all a bad thing. Like it can definitely be something you take joy from and you, it makes you happy posting and seeing other people's posts, but to not get so caught up in that, that you forget that there are these things that have happened in real life. Welcome to this week's episode of the hashtag proud to be LBUSD podcast. Today we have Mr. Chris Itzen, the assistant director of LBUSD's marketing and media services. Today we're going to be getting a dual perspective conversation on our generational differences about the function and the impact of social media. Thanks for coming in today. Thanks, Shelly. How's it going? Good. How are you doing? Good. Excited to talk about this. Absolutely. So we should start off, I think, by clarifying kind of our lens on social media. So the first question I have is what generation or age group do you really fit into and how does that affect how you approach using social media? It's a great question. Um, so I'm in my 40s. And so the end of Gen X, the beginning of the millennial generation, um, grew up without the internet. You know, it really wasn't until far into college that it really became something normal that everybody had. And so social media was very foreign to me for a really, really long time in my life, probably in, up into my 20s. And then um, started kind of using it for communications purposes. I had a, a family member overseas, got on Facebook and all that, and then never really, wasn't really interested in social media, got rid of it after a while. It just kind of seemed vain and boring. Um, and then eventually it became part of my work, which, you know. Mm -hmm. Yeah, definitely. I can see already we have a huge difference in how we even approach using it, especially since I grew up with it always being kind of a big aspect of my life. Um, before middle school, not really. I think it was rising, I guess, as I hit like the middle school age, high school, it was definitely a big thing as it is now. And certainly like I don't, I use it for work a little bit now, but I didn't think of it that way in the beginning. So I think um, I approach it more recreationally um, and I'm sure that my generation does, but we also see it as more of um, a permanent feature and like all encompassing, I think. And what apps are your main source of media? So what type of content do you make? Do you see, do you follow most usually? Hmm, that's a great question. So personally, I don't use it a ton at home because just in my personal life, just because I, you know, I work, our team works in social media and, mm -hmm. you know, we spend a lot of time uh, with that. And so uh, I use Instagram privately, but really for uh, um, friends and family, surf videos, fun stuff. I don't do a lot of commenting or connecting. I have a very, very small follower base. Keep it really private. It's really pure enjoyment for me on that end. Um, and then on the work side, of course, as you know, because you, you work with us, is that, you know, social media is a huge part of our work, communicating mm -hmm. information to the district. We use Twitter, Instagram, Facebook. Now we're into TikTok. YouTube, you, you know, houses, you know, our thousands of videos and everything like that. And so on a personal level, I would say I post about Things that are funny, maybe my my family members or friends or at an event or something like that or something about surfing, really lighthearted stuff. I try not to get real political or anything like that. Mm -hmm. And that I don't feel like that's the proper space for me. And then on the work side, obviously just content to provide information to people in the district, to our community members, to our family, also to share the stories, right? The amazing stories of our people, our, our staff and our students. Mm -hmm. Yeah. And I like the way you said, like purely it's enjoyment for when you use it personally. And I think that's the same for me, obviously not having like a career in social media or anything, but that's more of the side that it fits onto. I think when I speak for my generation, we don't see it as something that's 
for like showing a necessarily image that we want people to like judge us based on or more in like the work side. Like it's very recreational. And so you um, don't, sorry, I don't interrupt mm, you, but you, so you yeah. say you don't feel like it, that pressure to portray this image of yourself well, through social media. I definitely do. And I think that's more of the recreational side. There is that pressure aspect because you're being judged by peers, but mm. not necessarily by someone who's judging your ability to like focus or anything like that, or produce content that's interesting. It's just like people judge you rather for your recreational life that you post on there. So I think also that ties into like the things that we see on social media are different. Like I follow mainly friends and celebrities and things like that, not necessarily like a ton of news or things like that, like maybe on the side where people would post more about their lives and things that are going on. And I do see some politics in social media because people expressing their opinions and things like that. And that's the aspect that I can kind of feel judged on. And I know that a lot of other people do because when you're being more personal on your media accounts, which is what a lot of teenagers are, it's not necessarily for showcasing what you're doing in your career or anything like that. It is showcasing your personal life. And so when you feel judged or count how many likes you get on that, it can't affect what you think about yourself. And then seeing that other people are doing certain things and sim like similarly with it um, being so personal since you know we're not necessarily at the age where we have a huge career and we post about that, it does, um, it can't affect the way we perceive like other people, but also seeing what they're doing and comparing that to our lives. And so it is, um, especially growing up with it as well, like internalizing these things, I think it has become more of a personal thing than what you have been saying. Like you are in a sense like desensitized to the aspect that like reflects someone's personal life on the media. Yeah. And, and for me, I had to, I mean, I never really had a huge interest in it. And, and you know, talking about your very first question or going back to that is, I remember what life was like without it. And mm -hmm. I grew up without it. And especially those formative teenage years, you know, it just didn't exist. It's, it's, it was wild, you know, and it's grown so exponentially. And then in work, because of working in it, I don't, I don't, I deal with a lot of the negative side of it. Our team does. Um, so I don't want that in my personal life. So it's a boundary for me on that end. But I want to ask you a question. I'll kind of go off script if you're mm -hmm. okay with this. So, because I, something you said was really powerful. You talk about that judge, people judging you, right? And that mm -hmm. feeling of like, am I at the cool event? Am I doing the cool yeah. thing? Is this great? You know, and, and, you know, I was, I know you know this, but you know how there's tutorials on how to pose and right. everything. I mean, it's, it's such a trip. It's, it's crazy to me because I feel that as an adult, but I remember the time that it didn't exist. And I think about the fact that, um, like some of our, our teachers I've been talking to, we, we have this, not a joke. We say it like, Social media is scary when you have teenagers on social media because it's like they're all at an unsupervised party. Yeah. And, you know, even you're physically there, you're there. And, and so it's fascinating to me what you're saying, because when I'm on social media and I may, I, even if I'm interacting with friends and I hit a, a like or something like that, I'm thinking like, who's, who's judging me or and who's thinking about it? And I remember a time when that didn't exist. Your circle was small of who mm -hmm. you thought was judging you or thinking about you or now for your generation, it seems like what you're saying, it's like, that's a constant. You know, the, the yeah. world's so connected. So do you feel, I mean, do you feel that when you're on and you're interacting that like part of your decision-making um, is affected by how you're feeling about being judged? Yeah, definitely. That's a huge thing. Like it's never like a like is not just a like. It serves as like an action. Like you said, like everyone at a party for me that thinks, that makes me think like you like someone's post and they can take that as a form of approval of what they're doing. Or even if you were just scrolling past and happened to like it out of habit or anything like that. Um, and like when you post something and you see comments you get or likes you get or shares, things like that, it's 
almost like that's the way they're perceiving you, where, whereas it might not be that deep on their end and things like that. And so, mm. it yeah, it certainly is like that judgment where you can interpret it in different ways that it's actually meant. And then, like, it affects the way that we form our identities, I feel like, because when you post something on social media or see other people post, like it is a very filtered version, but you take that as reality. So rather than like you see this person one time a week, you notice what they're wearing, you talk to them, you find out what they're doing. And then maybe you're like, oh, that sounds fun. I want to do that. Or I like this about them or just have an interaction with them. Like you're seeing constantly what everyone is doing, what everyone is talking about and stuff like that. And so it feels like a crazy more amount of pressure because you just accept that as the normal life when you are getting like a version that they chose to present of themselves. And then knowing that everything is so all-encompassing rather than how it was before, where that interaction is just that interaction. And usually there aren't as many mixed signals. I feel like things definitely do get lost. And so a lot of us have like a skewed perception of um, how we are really perceived or like we make assumptions about I want to do this or because I'm seeing this in the media, whereas it's like, well, that's not really what they're like, or that's not really what they're doing all the time. They don't go to parties every day. And so if you try to make your life like something you're seeing that's falsified, you can hold yourself to these really like dangerous standards and that makes yourself, that make you uncomfortable. And it feels like everything, like a lot of the times when I internalize it, I'm like, oh, well, if I see what all these people are doing, I should hold myself to that standard when the standard doesn't really exist because it's something you're seeing on social media. So it's kind of confusing to say out loud, but it's a lot of like what you're perceiving and what you're giving off is a lot of the time, like the only impression you're giving to someone. And so I feel like the connections certainly get confused. And a lot of the times, like when that's the only thing people are seeing, they confuse where they should be in their real life with what they see on the media. Do you think that that's something that is really, um, an epidemic right now, like even in your circle with the, your community at your school that you go to, even your circle of friends, that there's this, that there really is a, a challenge or a struggle that students have these kind of dual identities, right? Like walking on campus, talking to people, doing things, going out, which we kind of can do now, mm -hmm. now that things have kind of eased up a little bit versus that digital identity. You feel like it's hard to be one person. And for your friends, you feel like you have that, this separation, these kind of two different, this is my image online, this is my image in real life. Yeah, I think even without trying, like it just happens because like it's, a picture is like a snapshot of a single moment and you could be talking to your friends about something or laughing and someone will just get that moment and they won't know what actually happened or anything like that. And even when you see people like post at cool places or in cool clothes, you can get an idea like, oh, they're materialistic or they do these things. But then when you talk to them in person, you're like, whoa, they're not like that at all. And then I think with us, not necessarily that my generation is more harsh or meaner or judgier. It's just that sometimes seeing the way that a person is online, we think that that's the way they are. And like, you're not seeing the way they are online. You're seeing a refined image that they wanted to post because they liked it for some reason and that might doing not, it for the gram right? yeah definitely that might not be the reason that you like it like you might there's just a lot of things that a lot i feel like having grown up with it um it's harder to separate ourselves from the fact that like this is one image that they chose to post they probably have a million in their camera roll a million seconds every day like that happened and they chose that for one reason 
And it might not be the reason that we think it is. It might not be something else. And it has nothing to do with who they are as a person or what they act like all the time. But having that, always seeing that, like it's hard to separate it because we've grown up with it. Yeah, and you bring up a huge point that the other side of it. So you have, there's this pressure, right, uh, to maintain this identity. And I'll tell you, even with my tiny Instagram, mm -hmm. I curate it, of course. I mean, yeah. you, 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 know, you want the nice picture, the cool picture, whatever. And the, well, the comment or something. Um, but that other side of it, it does force us to judge people. And I even think about that when I've had friends and family that maybe are on a different, um, have a different political opinion than me. And they go, they go off and I get super upset. Yeah. I'm not, an, I don't engage in that kind of stuff, but it makes me think of them a certain way where I probably would have never known they felt that way or thought that way if social media didn't exist. And I, so that's, that's fascinating that the kind of dualism. And, and I want to go back to something you said at the beginning about how your generation just understands that this is reality, right? So there, mm -hmm. there's those of us that are older that that this is a new world and it just keeps getting, you know, growing and growing where you're kind of like, yeah, this has always existed in, in my, since I've been mature. But it's interesting, I, I'd say from my perspective as an adult, we all get caught up in it. You mm -hmm. know, like if you, you know, most, not, well, half the world is on social media right now, give or take. Yeah. So no matter what, even if you're kind of easing your way, and I think it's easy to, to go down that road of like, you start to, you judge people and you're judging, like you said, based on a false, probably a false perception. It's like the, when the, the couple is um, doing their, uh, their baby pictures with their kids for like their Christmas card mm -hmm. and the kid's crying over here and one kid's <laughs> staying in their shirt, right? And it's that one moment when you get that perfect picture that that's the one that's going to go online. And right. you're, no one's ever going to know that maybe this wasn't such a great time. Yeah. And what you bring up, like how someone's crying or these things that are happening aren't ever shown on the media. I think a lot of the times, while it is like super hurtful, we can't blame someone's desire to appear like refined sure. on them. Like it's, um, it's an interesting like way to think about it, especially when this um, question is brought up to our generation, because we understand that sometimes we're damaging ourselves by going on the media. But at the same time, like we can't be faulted for wanting to put out a picture we look nice in or we're having a good time in. And I think we, a lot of adults knowing that this can be damaging to kids' egos or their self-perception and things like that, they start getting angrier. They're like, well, why, why do you post that stuff? Like, why do you look at these other people and take that for reality? And why does everyone have to look their best on social media? Well, we shouldn't, we, we want to, you know, like you don't want to put something out um, for people to see that you're not proud of. And so it's not necessarily something that's bad. It's just that I think a lot of the time we have to train ourselves to understand like that is something they chose because they're proud of it and it showcases a good time in their life. So we need to think of that as the high point. And they do have low points, even though they're not showcasing that, because why should they? You know, like I don't need to be to air out my problems on the media for other people to see and judge me based on that. And it's hard to separate that because, you know, it's always been such a huge thing and that's all we see. And it kind of get tunnel vision when all you're scrolling through your page endlessly and you're like, oh my gosh, maybe I'm having a bad day, but I see all these people having good days. And that's hard to not think about because they're not having a good day. They had a good moment that they chose to post or something like that. And I can separate it right now, but I feel like sometimes the same thing happens. I go home and I go and I'm like, geez, it's crazy to see all these people at such different places in their lives and I feel behind or things like mm -hmm. that. But there's that moment that you have to like take yourself, yourself back and be like, no, I need to think that that is one moment that they chose to post. If I decided to make a post right now, I wouldn't do exactly what I'm doing. I'd post a picture where I'm having a good time or something like that. And it's harder to do for our generation, but it is something that is our own responsibility. It doesn't mean that other people should stop posting where they're happy or where they look good or stuff like that. It's a lot of responsibility, 
But at the same time, it's something that we need to start working on, I think. Yeah, that's big. I mean, just the that's it's fascinating to hear you say that the onus is on your generation or the responsibility is on your generation, right? Because, you know, you if you've, you know, been following any of the news, right? You look at what's happening with Facebook with having to go before Congress and there, you know, there's conversations about breaking up these tech companies and First Amendment issues and all this kind of stuff. And really the, you know, the big focus has been on the negative effect of of kids, right? And and do you think that when you say it's it's the you know it's kind of on your generation to do that, what what supports do you have for that? Are, are they do they exist? I mean, do, do your friends do you and your friends talk about this? Do you have adults that you can go to? Do, I mean, do you have supports to kind of navigate this because it's not going away? You're right. I, you know, I, I'm not going to tell it now, but you know, we have a story we tell in our presentation about a student who never used social media, wasn't allowed to have it, didn't even have a phone, and because of a cyberbullying incident, of a photo was taken of them they almost took their life. And I mean, it became mm -hmm. a horrible thing. So it, it can affect you regardless if you're even on it, right? It's part of our world. You know, the the beginning of the metaverse kind of thing, yeah. which terrifies me having um, kids. But it's thinking about that, like, do you feel like, I mean, does it feel hopeless sometimes? Or do you feel like when you, I mean, because you made that very confident statement of, you know, I feel like the responsibility is on us. Wh what's What do students need to be able to be successful to navigate that? Yeah, I feel like when I do say like, it's our own responsibility to stop being so narrow-minded and assume that like we need to change because of what we see it's also it's hard to do that because you can't get yourself out of that slump when you're like gosh like all this stuff I see like how can I not take it as reality and things like that like for me conversations with friends help obviously I'm not the only one who experiences this I'm sure that it's a very universal thing like to feel overwhelmed and to feel like you're not doing enough but to recognize like whoa I am getting off track like this isn't true i'm kind of deceiving myself a little bit and it's hard to always get off of that road and like spiraling down but like having i think it is still obviously your own responsibility to do that like no one needs to it's not helpful when someone says get off social media it's damaging like well yeah but it's something that we're used to and for me it's knowing that other people are going through the same thing and like bringing yourself back to reality like spending time with your friends and knowing this is what's happening now and I might post about it later or something like that, but that's going to be a snapshot of what happened. And knowing that no matter what other people post about it, I know what really happened and I know what's going on. And talking to other people, like, it, I think for me, the biggest thing is that don't forego like real connections for the connections you see on social media. Not that social media is all a bad thing. Like it can definitely be something you take joy from and you, it makes you happy posting and seeing other people's posts, but to not get so caught up in that, that you forget that there are these things that have happened in real life. And especially like, I appreciate when adults are like, well, let me take you off social media. Let me like put a time limit on your phone and do all stuff like this. Like I'm helping you. I'm trying to help. You can't see it. But I think the intention is right, but it might be approaching it in the wrong way because just having a conversation about like, oh, like, let's say I went camping and I posted a picture of me in one certain spot, but then talking about the trip as a whole, you know, like remembering that it wasn't that one moment that like defines the whole thing. And it's hard to kind of say this as like a clear expression, but when you have conversations about the fact that you're all going through the same thing or bringing it back to like what did really happen, or if you post something that makes you look awesome and makes you look like you have the perfect life, reminding other people like, yeah, like I, I did do that, but I also did this and I did this and I did this and you don't have to self-deprecate or anything like that, but reminding them that like 
there is a whole reality that you also experience that maybe is relatable for them and things like that, like separating yourself from social media by not necessarily saying what you posted is horrible or what you're seeing in the media is horrible, but just that it's not the full story, like how one story is never the true story. Like you have to keep looking at other things. And in the same way that like English teachers don't tell kids that the author that they're reading about is horrible of a classic novel. They just want to reevaluate it in a larger lens. Like we had just gone through that in English when we talked about like feminist theory and gender theory. Like let's go back in time and think that this one author wrote with a bias. It doesn't mean the whole novel is bad. It doesn't mean that we should not value it. It just means that that's one perspective and we need to acknowledge that there were more. And that's the same thing that I think is helpful rather than harmful when you're approaching improving like the way that people use social media. That's crazy because it goes all the way back to what you said in the beginning about that balance between it causing you to, to judge people as well as, as feeling judged. Because mm-hmm. you're right. I mean, think about, I mean, the, you think of Twitter as being, you know, not the most dominant platform, but culturally one of our most dominant platforms mm-hmm. and having this little tiny character limit where, you know, brevity matters, you know, you have to say what you're going to say. And we, we learn to communicate in that way and that we've learned to communicate and take information that way. And it's, we make judgments, right? That's the st- all the stimuli we get. We got to make a whole judgment on that person said that one thing or right. they posted that one thing. You're right. That's so fascinating because it's it's it causes a, a to me it affects our critical thinking sometimes. You think it wouldn't? You think that it would be good that you're having to interpret and, and be honest, but it's so easy for us to go. Nope, snap judgment. This is what I think yeah. because I saw this or I read this very quickly, and it's it, that that can be dangerous, you know, and, and really unhealthy. Definitely, and I think that's why a lot of cyberbullying exists because people can't understand that one thing that you say on social media isn't everything you're saying. Like in a conversation, if you said one thing that I maybe didn't agree with, I'd get over it. It's one thing that you said, but when you only say that one thing online, Mm -hmm. people can't hear the rest of the conversation and they can't have a wider understanding or more sympathy or things like that. And that's a huge reason why like cyberbullying exists because we can't necessarily separate ourselves that much. And we de- I think we dehumanize, mm-hmm. we definitely dehumanize people with that because you don't see them. You know, the whole keyboard warrior thing, like right. the idea of like people get really tough. And, you know, we see that in our industry where, I mean, you know, working here that, you know, we deal with that where like, you know, we'll have people who put, they'll, they'll comment and they'll make really mm-hmm. negative comments about the district or about something that's happening. And, you know, that's partially what social media is for and why institutions have it is so that you can comment. But in, in dealing with that, you get used to it, right? Like people always ask me like, oh, how do you deal with when you have to read all these negative comments or your team does? And it's like, well, you, they're not speaking to me. They're talking about what they think about the organization. And that it, when you, there's a lot of negativity, it can be a dark place. But what is always a bummer for me, when it's when there's like a post of a student doing something awesome and somebody has to go on and say some horrible negative comment about something that has nothing to do with the post at all. They're just mad at the district or the institution. And it's just, it's, it's just kind of like, that's not the place, you know, like, why would you have to do that there? But they, they are, they're dehumanizing the, all the people that work, right? So the 10,000 plus employees and all the, the students and everything, they're thinking of this like entity that, that this, this inhuman thing I'm mad at when that, that, that doesn't exist, you know? And so it's just fascinating to me that it's like so easy to just say something so terrible and so easy. Like, you know, everyone says this, but it's like, would you say that to someone's face? Like, would you actually be brave enough to do that? I, I don't know. I think that's, scary sometimes. Yeah, it definitely is. And even from the end of the people being angry, like things can be misinterpreted so easily. Like maybe it wasn't that post that made them angry, but they decided to comment on it because that's what they're feeling. But everyone seeing that one place where the post was made and the comment was made, it gets so confusing because it maybe wouldn't have happened in that order in real life, or they would have brought up a problem a different way. And like 
airing out everybody's issues on social media is so, so hard and can be toxic very quickly because it just gets jumbled. And even with like timestamps and things like that that tell you the order, it just is so hard and you'll never like replace the authenticity of real life. You have to completely go about con conversing and like expressing your opinions in a different way. And it's really hard. It's context, right? It's always yeah. de like decontextualizes a reality of what's actually happening in a situation. Mm -hmm. Cause you're right. I mean, I see it all the time where someone will make a comment on social media and it's, it's completely wrong. And they're not maybe even intending to lie or, or they, it's what they believe, think about a situation. Mm -hmm. And all these people, it, it justifies what they believe. So they jump on and they're like, yeah. And you'll get through 30 comments of people all agreeing with each other, not realizing that first thing I said is not a fact. It didn't actually happen. Yeah. And that can be in any, any you know, situation, any judgment on a celebrity or talking about a public policy or politics or anything. And it's just... It, again, it goes back to losing that critical thinking. It's like, it's all emotion-based, right? Like, this is what I think, so I'm going to say it without maybe mm -hmm. thinking through, is it true? Do I know that's true? Do I Google it? Have I checked it? Do, yeah. is, this, is this a fact? You know, and we see that with a lot of things in false information in our society now that people grab a hold of something and it becomes the gospel truth for them when maybe, maybe it's compl a complete joke or completely fabricated. Yeah, and hearing your perspective on that, I have kind of a question for you. So knowing that this isn't something that's going to go away and it's certainly going to continue affecting people in the way that maybe it's affected me or maybe it'll change but especially my generation knowing that this is something we'll probably have for the rest of our life we can acknowledge that there is a negative aspect of it and hearing your different perspective has been really interesting so i want to know how do you think we should deal with taking social media into our future but make it something that will be beneficial to us rather than harmful. Hmm, that's huge. I mean, we don't have enough time to get into the, the yeah. regulation side of the government. And mm -hmm. I, I have my own opinions about social media companies and that kind of had free reign to do whatever they want. Now they have a lot of power, but on the side of, as we just kind of evolve and move forward with this technology, that's part of who we are. Um, I think one, ensuring that we put a ton of effort into two things for students or for, for young people is one is that these are tools, right? Mm -hmm. So like in, in our work, this is, these are tools for me. They're ways that I can communicate. There's ways that we can use art to tell stories and, and, and uplift people at times um, to get feedback from different people. It's a tool and it's great. And in that aspect, I think it's fantastic. It allows you to connect. You know, I had a family member who was in the Iraq war way back in the day and we talked every day through social media, you know, and things like that. So there's a lot of benefits. So really, like you even said, where some adults are like, get off that or it's terrible. What if we reframe that? And it's like constantly. And it's like, no, boundary this. It's a tool, right? You don't, you don't sleep with a hammer and nails next to your head because it's a tool you use to build something. It's not something mm -hmm. you carry with you all the time. That's a terrible analogy. <laughs> but you know, you know what I'm saying? Like the idea yeah. that like use it and then put it away. Use it and put it away. And like so for me, something I do personally is when I get home, my work phone gets put into a cabinet and shut. And I try, I'm not always perfect with it, but I yeah. try to not look at it the rest of the night, you know, but social media moves 24 hours a day um, because all day it's alert, 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 alert. And so for me, it's, this is a tool to use for work and then it gets put away. It's not part of my existence all the time. So I think that's the first thing. And the second thing is um, really find, you know, promoting the beauty and how these can be beautiful things. So you said, when you take that beautiful picture of someone at the beach, it's still a beautiful picture, right? Or you can tell a story through film or video. And now it's so much more, um, easy for everybody to do it. Every camera phone is 10 times nicer than my first still camera I had when I started doing photography when I was mm -hmm. a kid or video. I mean, the, I, I think of a, the HD camera on my video camera on my phone is insane. It allows you easy access to 
record things and take beautiful pictures and, and create imagery and tell stories of positive. And so I think to summarize that long windedness is one, that these are tools that can be beneficial for you. And then two, also, um, we can use these for good. We can mm -hmm. use these to enjoy life and, and highlight how beautiful life is. Yeah, I, I like the approach that you took to that, especially having said that it doesn't help anyone when you just attack kids for using social media. But I agree with how you kind of said, don't depreciate what you see on social media, just appreciate the real life more. And I kind of want to get out of that mentality that we maybe have fallen into as a generation of, if it if you didn't post about it, it didn't happen. Like for me, sometimes even going on like a vacation or something, I'm like, I need to post about this. I need people to know, like, it's something cool, but also that it's something cool because it happened to me. And if I'm the only one that knows it, that's okay. And like you said, like, it is hard to kind of get away from that habit, but like, it's something that we should work on and it'll make us happier, but it won't devalue the happiness that we can already get from social media. Yeah, right. It's boundaries, right? Boundaries, mm -hmm. boundaries, boundaries. These, these aren't, these tools aren't going away. They are ways to connect with your, you know, your grandmother who lives on the East coast or a friend who moves, you know, a yeah. friend who lives in New York moved 20 years ago. We still talk, but it's that boundary, but that's like anything in life, right? Like eating, you know, I'm not a doctor or a scientist, but it's okay to drink a Coke every once in a while, in my opinion for me, you know, but it's, but sugar is not healthy to have, you know, in mass quantities. Yeah. I, I, I don't see social media can have much worse co a consequence, I think, than, than a lot of other things if it's out of bounds. But at the same time, it has the ability, you have the ability to put boundaries. And you're right, I, I, I went to something the other day and we were at the beach and it was beautiful. And I took a couple pictures and I was like, oh, for the gram, I'm going to post this. And I'm like, you know, I'm not going to. What? This is just a moment with some people that I love and care about. And I don't need to do document this for mm. the entire world all the time. And maybe it's easier for me because I didn't grow up with social media. But I, I you know, I, I think for students, that, that's, a, that's a huge challenge. Yeah. And I, I can see what you say about like, yeah, it might be easier for you. And I think it is, but in the way that you're talking about it now, it makes me think, yeah, like I don't, I don't need to post about that. I can take a picture and have it for myself and that's good. And I think that moving on into the future, if the older generations can kind of talk to approach kids about social media in that way, it'll be something that can be a tool or beneficial or only for enjoyment for a specific time. And we'll lessen like those internalizing effects in the future. Yeah. And I, and I, I believe in students and I, I, I think y'all get a bad rap. Every generation mm -hmm. does of, well, these kids are like this now and that, you know, that, that kind of judgmental yeah. like kids, they have all these problems. But I remember we used to do a camp when I worked at one of our high schools and we would take all the students' phones. Mm -hmm. you, you told their parents and they're coming and we'd bag them up, put their name on them. They'd be locked in, in an office. And so there was an emergency. You could, they could check your phone out if you had to call your parents or something, but for the whole weekend. And I remember these are all like student leaders who are motivated, you know, and they're, they're, they're there to really do a great job. And I can't tell you 85% of them when they walked up and they went, wait, what, you really are going to take my phone? <laughs> and they're like, no, you're not going to take my phone. And it really was, well, then you're not going to go to camp. That this, this is a, a time within four hours, they had forgotten about their phone. And they were kids and having fun and doing amazing things. And it, it, was, it was always cool, like redeeming to go, if there's boundaries on this, you'll, you'll adapt to it. You mm -hmm. know, you'll be fine with it. We just need to make sure we, we put those just like anything, you know, I don't, you know, letting a child watch TV too long or, you know, things like that. Like it's just another thing that needs, needs those really set clear cut boundaries. Yeah, I definitely agree. I think the boundaries are an important part. Whereas you're not trying to erase the fact that social media is, exists in the first place or that people shouldn't use it at all, but that you need to have these boundaries. And even if you maybe aren't comfortable with them in the first place, you're going to adapt. And I think that's something that I have realized 
growing up. And I think that the younger generation is going to come to face with when they realize, oh, wow, maybe social media isn't so all-encompassing and I can have boundaries without them being a bad thing. And I like that that's kind of the biggest thing I got from our conversation, like that the boundary from social media in real life isn't a bad thing. It's just a boundary that is helpful for both sides. It betters your social media presence and it betters your real life, your presence in the real world. Absolutely. Thank you so much for joining us. This has been another episode of the hashtag proud to be LBUSD podcast series. To check out other episodes, make sure to subscribe to our YouTube channel at lbschools.net slash YouTube or listen wherever you access podcasts. And don't forget to follow us on Twitter, Instagram, Facebook, and TikTok, all at Long Beach USD. We'll see you next time.